We're so glad to have Andres Zapata, the Reverend Andres. Please come this time. Take your liberty. Minister to us, my brother. Praise the Lord, everybody. There's um, just so much freedom here. You know, God answers prayers, and uh, you know, I think God's song came on at the end of that song. I was praying, crying out to God that uh, that the praise team would sing a slow song next because I couldn't breathe <laughs> from jumping and praying and um, whatever I was trying to do over there. <laughs> uh, he answers prayers. And sometimes God kind of goes to another extreme. And he gives you something a little more. And the praise team just sang that song. You know, I'm sorry. And you know, you think that way sometimes. But sometimes you got to see it, and you got to say it. And the more you see it, and the more you say it, the more you believe it. You know, and it's not by accident. Um, you know, the enemy has an agenda for our lives. God has a better agenda, you know, and um, just so many good things going on here at Life Point, and um, I got some reminders earlier this morning, someone saying to me that they prayed for me this morning, encouraging. Somebody said, don't take too long. It's encouraging. No. <laughs> because I've already gotten death threats. Is that the time right there? 11. So I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do one of those things where you go with the flow. <laughs> because there's no way that I would get through this. It's great to have. Pastor Ian and uh, Megan, uh, known them for many years, many years, went to school together. They're younger than me. Pastor Rob is older than all of us. Um, I was going to use his last name, but it just hit me that I've been using, saying his name wrong for the last 30 years or something, or at least pronouncing it wrong. But you are blessed to have them with you, uh, just amazing people who love God. And Megan and her family have been close to them. At one time, Emery was probably one years old, and we asked her sister, Shannon, to babysit. And we came to pick him up, and I went to go get Emery from the other room, and Emery had uh, pigtails <laughs> in his hair. I asked Shannon what happened with my son. She said, well, Megan stopped by. 
but great people. I was looking forward, maybe not so much to see the expressive dance, but I was game to see Ian do something. Dance. There's just so much good stuff going on here. Like I said, I'm going to try to bounce around this. Um, just for being respectful of time, I know people have things to do this afternoon which are important. Um, but again, there's just so much freedom here. Just so much freedom, and God's just doing some great things. You know, wish we could have my family here, my wife and daughter and younger son, uh, but they were ill, and uh, I believe my wife is watching online. Uh, we'll find out later. I'll quiz her. Um, Father's Day weekend. You know, this is all great stuff. But first thing I did think about is like, uh, my kids know me, and I wouldn't use none of these things. <laughs> I don't even think we own a ladder. <laughs> we have a step stool that I navigate well with. And I think uh, I was looking for a drill a couple months ago. Apparently, the kids got me one years ago that was in the basement. So we used it. I think we need to have a section over here for like cologne, <laughs> watches, and ties, and like some other stuff. This is always our go-to, <laughs> not mine. Uh, you sit down for a moment. Uh, we will be going to Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and then we'll kind of bounce around in there. But, you know, Father's Day is such a, just a beautiful time, and, um, you know, I enjoy every moment of it with my kids, and I know you guys do with your kids as well. And yesterday, Emery, uh, weeks ago, told me he surprised me with... Brewers game tickets. Uh, that was amazing. It was hot outside. Great seats, great game. Um, but it's those things like that that just are always great reminders, right, uh, in terms of what your kids mean to you and, and things like that. And, you know, there's books and seminars on the topic of Father's Day and how to be a good father, and I've read a lot of them a lot of them and I've learned that uh, I've learned nothing from them it, it's just exhausting you know all the things that are out there you read you try it and you were wrong um, but I say you know our children I think are our best teachers y you know I, I, my kids are always reminding me of when I do something wrong uh, Emery is notorious for shaking his head at me Bella regularly rolls her eyes at me and then she has this death stare <laughs> where I know that I've done something wrong. And, and I tell you, and I was telling you, maybe you Pastor Rob the other day, I think sometimes I try to learn to sleep with one eye open <laughs> because I don't know how the night's going to go. And then Milo, you know, he, he does his thing, and he'll be in the living room, and I try to go sit with him and just be there with him. And he looks at me, and he picks up his device, and he'll leave the room. <laughs> but just being present. <laughs> Just, you know, great job, dads. It is a big thing, kind of, Theo, and, you know, just being available, being present, uh, it's just just an amazing thing. Um, so, like I said, I'm going to kind of 
just go through some things here, share my heart, share some thoughts with you, and um, try to get through this now in like, what, 11 minutes. Uh, Luke chapter 15, now you can go ahead and stand if you like. Luke 15, verse 11. And he, Jesus, said, and this is the ESV version, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, share with me the property that is coming to me. And he, the father, divided the power property between them. Verse 13, not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, and he took it into a far country. And there he squandered it, say he wasted it. His property in reckless living. But, verse 17, when he came to himself, say he came to his senses, he said to himself, say he reasoned with himself. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish with hunger? Here with hunger. Verse 18 says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Have you ever just kind of sat there and talked to yourself, trying to convince yourself to do the right thing when you know you got to do the right thing type of thing? He, he, he sat there, he, he reasoned with himself and he's kind of saying, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my father and I'm going to say this. Verse 20 says, and he arose, he took action, came to his father, but while he was still long way off, his father saw him in the distance. His father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Verse 21, and the son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and sinned before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, but, there goes that word but again. It's kind of cool when like, God throws in the but, right? You know, B-U-T, the but, right? So it's when God throws that in to scripture. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and, show, and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. I started a men's uh, dad's group earlier this year and we get together and we talk about things and I, and I tell you the first time I, I kind of had this, I was nervous because we, we just started doing a small group and invited a bunch of dads and I, um, I was prepared and I, uh, there's a part of me that was a little fearful because I had some questions that I want to ask and I, and I felt to myself, there are things as a dad that I struggle with and worry about and I get caught up in my mind on, I had this fear that I was gonna be the only one that could relate. We had our lesson and then we kind of went through questions and I was the last one to go. And it was amazing that one by one had the same exact worry, same exact fear, same exact experience that I had as a father. And it was such a relief, it was such a reminder 
that I wasn't in this alone. I wasn't in this alone. And I'm going to make it a, a bold assumption here in that there's a lot of us here today, father, mother, son, friend, you put the label on it, title on it, that we, we are regularly challenged with these thoughts, these overwhelming thoughts, things that we wrestle with, and reminders of mistakes and decisions that we've made in our life. But we can't get beyond them. And we struggle with them, and we, we become like the younger son, and we kind of think to ourselves, like, what if he doesn't forgive me? You know, what if this and what if that, and there's no way, all the things I've done wrong. But you see, the mistakes, if we dwell on them long enough, they can become an anchor. They can become an anchor. It's like dead weight that you're trying to pull with you every day, everywhere you go. Even though at the moment you may not be thinking about it, it's there with you because I haven't let the weight go. And it's a magnetic, magnetic force that really keeps us from moving forward in God. So one of the things I just want to talk about, or not one of, it's the only thing, trust me, it's not one of many, anything. <laughs> like four and a half minutes here. Uh, <laughs> is a father's compassion. Is a father's compassion. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you. We give you praise. We give you all honor and all glory. God, we pray that you'd open our hearts to your word. We pray that you'd move in our lives, that you remind us, O oh Lord, that you are the greatest father of all. And your compassion for us and for your children, Lord God, exceeds all. You would, you would go to the ends of the earth, O oh Lord Jesus, just to commune and to be with us. In Jesus' name, we love you. You may be seated. So we all make these decisions, and we all struggle with these things. We've all made mistakes in our lives and so forth. I've, I've made a number of them over my time. I can tell you to this day, I still struggle with certain simple things. Um, I, if my family knows me very well, I hate to spend money on food that I do not like. I will buy a burger or we'll go somewhere and I pay for it, and it's a whopping $10, and I struggle with the fact that it did not taste good. And that's fine, but that's not my problem. My problem and my sin is I dwell on it for like four days in terms of why I made that decision and whose fault was it that made me go there and how do I get that $10 back? I, I obsess over those simple little things. Or sometimes, uh, you, well, and that's not sometimes my case, for example, you know, you ever get that kind of, that, that all-inclusive vacation email or phone call hey, two nights, three days, you can come to this resort and the pictures are beautiful and it's secluded and all-inclusive food, everything, and so forth. So you go and, hey, the only thing you have to do is sit through a 60-minute presentation. Yeah, I got 60 minutes over the course of three days to sit through a presentation. Well, three hours later, I'm the owner of a timeshare or vacation club and it, and it just kind of ruins your day. And I'm not saying necessarily that I actually did that. Uh, I know of people. But I will say that if you are interested in a vacation club or timeshare, I will be in the lobby. If anybody is interested in learning more about that, I would be more than happy to kind of help you out. But there's ripple effects in the choices that we make. Some things are more extreme than others. Some things have longer impacts than others. 
you know, for instance, you know, you take an 18 year old kid and I, and I can say this for myself. I remember, you know, getting my first credit card to Sears out of all places, Sears. And the funny thing is, is I thought about it this morning. I shared that with Pastor Rob when I was 18. And I remember, <laughs> he said, whoa, I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> All right, just, it's a $500 limit. It's fine. <laughs> okay. That has long-lasting consequences, because I tell you, that wasn't the last credit card that I had. You know, and, and as time goes on, that $500 credit limit becomes, before you know it, you start to deal with these consequences and these mistakes, and you can't get out of it, and, and you struggle with it, and then you finally, you know, work your way out of it. Or you're a young married couple and new husband, you know, trying to do well by his wife, and I'm going to get her that new car, and can't really afford it just yet. But, hey, the TV ad said, as long as you make $250 a week, you could be the proud new owner of a new Kia. It's long-term effects. Or I'm at an after-work event, and I'm an adult. Colleagues are drinking. My family and friends, they may have become alcoholics, but doesn't mean that I am going to go down that path. Or my wife or my husband or my child, they got me so frustrated, so mad. I, I just couldn't take it anymore, and then I, I lash out. And things start flying around the house kind of thing, and you deal with those long-term effects. And, and, and it's already done. You, you can't undo it. It's there, and then it's engraved in your memory just permanently. But you know what? I, I want to just, again, encourage people or us today, us as a community here, as a, every, as a body, that we can rest assured that in the path ahead of us, in this example, this, the service this morning was just wonderful, the worship service, and just very confirming that we don't have to allow the mistakes of our past determine our fate. We don't have to deal with all the hurts and the pains and the struggles from yesterday and convince ourselves that there is no way out of this and this is going to be my life for the next 1 to 2 to 10 to 15 years. That it, God just doesn't operate that way. And the Bible says the younger son went to the father. He asked him you know, to give him his share of his estate. And not soon after, he was gone. The challenge or the thinking here as well is he, he didn't wait very long, which tells me in my mind that he already had a plan. The younger son already knew that I was in my right mind. I was going to make this decision. I was going to leave once I got my stuff. See, the Bible refers to this count of scripture as the parable of the prodigal son. And I've heard this, 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 this scriptures preached or, or taught on for many, many years. I've read the accounts. And then some time ago, I thought to myself, what the prodigal? I always just interpreted it like, you know, the kid who, got, who left and they came back. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, that's just kind of like life kind of thing sometimes, right? But when you kind of kind of think about the word prodigal and you start to think about it, this kid was like became the worst of the worst. You know, you look into that word and you start to find things like reckless and uncontrollable and completely wasteful, cruel, hateful, careless, uh, lustful. He, he just kind of was doing it all in that time. Well, through that time, the Bible says as he was doing that, you know, famine came and he became in need. 
he lost everything. He lost his money. He had nothing to go off anymore. So instead of going back to the father's house, he couldn't swallow his pride, and he thought to himself, you know what, I'm going to go look for work, couldn't find work, so hey, at best, you can come take care of these pigs, and then you don't have a place to sleep, sleep so you, you can sleep with them as well. You can just go ahead and live, leave there. But the thing said, that the Bible says in verse 17 that, but he came to his senses. He spent time reasoning with himself, struggling with himself. And he thought to himself, well, if I just go to my dad, if I just go to my father and I repent and I, and I ask him to take me in and, and so forth, he, you know, he'll forgive me and maybe he'll let me become one of his servants as well. See, but the enemy is great, great, masterful at convincing us that our mistakes are so severe that our future or our fate has been sealed. It's just masterful. It's just a skill that he has to convince us that we are just a lost cause. No one can forgive us. No one can take us back. God won't forgive us and so forth. And then he works on this regularly and regularly. He doesn't let you out. But in this case, the Bible says finally the son took action, though. And he headed back home, back to his father's house. But, but notice what happens here in verse 20. It says that, and he arose and came to his father. But, again, but... While he was still a long way off, the father just caught a glimpse of his son in the distance. He just caught a glimpse of his son coming over a hill or coming through a pasture, and he said, wait a minute, that's my son. He's coming home. And the father just acknowledged that he, my son is coming home. So as a result, the father just couldn't contain himself. He's like, my son's coming home. Well, at least I hope he's coming home because I see him right there. He's been gone forever. And I'm not, I can't control it anymore. I'm just going to run to my son. And the Bible says that while he was a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced and kissed his son. Now, mind you, you got to think through this, right, in like human terms. More like my term, I don't know. It depends on who you are, what kind of person you are. But you got to think about this for a, sec a second. When a mom might know this best, maybe a dad as well, your kid comes home from like soccer practice or whatever, you probably don't smell the best. So your mom's a little less inclined to kind of give you a hug at that point in time. This guy was living out with pigs. He had nothing. I can only assume, we can only assume that his, to his clothes were torn. Probably had one shoe on. And the one shoe he did have on had a, had a hole in it. He probably hasn't shaved. So when he was coming home to his father, he didn't have time to shave and clean up and put on his best attire. He had nothing. He just looked awful, surprised the father could even recognize him. But that's what the father does. Right? So but imagine, again, what, what Jesus is trying to portray in this scripture. You know, it just just kind of think about it. Maybe we can just do this for a second. Let me pick on uh, Caden. Well, no, wait, your shoes, uh, Brayden, your shoes look a little bit more better. Come over here. No, no, not better, bro. Your shoes look good, Caden. They look great. Okay, 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 come on. One of you guys, just what? Sometimes, again, sometimes things come out wrong, right? You just, I can't take that back. But nonetheless, you look good. Nice shoes. So the son is coming home, and you're the father, right? And you're going to run to me, and you're going to embrace me. 
Now, two things. Don't kiss me. <laughs> Second thing, don't touch my hair. <laughs> but embrace me. This is kind of like you're just, you just, you haven't seen your son, whatever. Just, just come to me kind of thing. Yeah. Run slowly, not hard, because I'll fall. Don't want to do that. Count down, just go now, yeah, okay. All right, okay, all right, so, yeah, hey, Dad, all right, Dad, Dad, I can't breathe, Dad, Dad, okay, 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 all right, good, Dad. Dad, I just want to come to say, I'm sorry. Okay, now I really can't breathe, sorry. Okay. <laughs> all right, good, you're good, man, good. But he, he runs to him, he embraces him, he loves him, he kisses him, and, 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 and here I'm trying to kind of get my words out as a son, Dad, I'm sorry, and, and will you forgive me, and so forth. But the, the other thing, and, and I'm trying to just get it all out, but here the father basically <laughs> stiffs arm, puts his arm, hand in my face, and stops me. I, I heard enough. Hey, servants. <laughs> No, it's fine. Stay there. You're good. You know, kind of thing. So, hey, you're a servant, right? Hey, bring the best of everything. My son just came home. Hey, but dad, I'm sorry. Hey, shh, quiet, quiet. Hey, I already know. You're good. Hey, bring, come on. Hey, 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 bring, bring the stuff. Bring everything kind of thing. The, the father's just overwhelmed. Can't contain himself. He's excited. My son, who smells, is just reckless life. He's done everything wrong in the book. He decided to come home. I'm sorry, God. Shh, I was going to say shut up. I don't know if you say shut up. Be quiet, be quiet, and he brings on his servants. God had already just moved on. He, the, 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 the father didn't sit there and be like, I hear you, but why did you do that? Do you remember how I felt when you left? You, you know, your, your brother's over here, and but that I'm trying to say, I'm sorry. I forgive you, you know, hey, but. The father didn't criticize him. The father didn't judge him. The father didn't say, you remember two years ago when you, when you did that? And now you want to come ask for forgiveness? The father didn't do any of that. The father just said, I saw you coming. That probably was enough. And I know I was all over you and you were saying a few things. I, I didn't even, I heard parts of it. But I was more excited just to have you home. I was more excited just to have you home. You know, and I think some of us today, as I talked about the just dads earlier in this group and so forth, some, some of us today, dads or moms or young people, you know, maybe you're having challenges on the job or in your finances or you made some decisions. It's sometimes I, I feel like I, I, just, I just can't escape my mistakes. Sometimes I just need a little grace. I need a little bit more mercy, and you know, I just need to need a little forgiveness sometimes. And, you know, I, I need to have that sense of love and that sense of belonging. And maybe I'm just struggling with these things and, and so forth. But all it takes, as simple as it sounds, it actually is that simple. As simple as it sounds, all it takes is that initial step. And God sees you in the distance. And God sees that we just took one step. Why? Well, I'm going in the direction of God. That one step. <laughs> that's all. And then God just gets excited. 
And I didn't even say anything yet. I just took action. And God just starts to just get overwhelmed, and he starts to think to himself, that's my son coming home, and, and I just want to overwhelm him with my love and welcome him home, and, and I'm not going to remind him of anything. And that's the great news for people today. Whether you're in the service today or whether you're just a first-time visitor today or whether you, you, you haven't been to church in a long, long time, the great news is that when we repent and we, we, we think past our mistakes and we get beyond those things, God just basically embraces us. And not only does he forgive us, I remember uh, Bishop Tam used to say when I was growing up, and he would use it in messages and things like that, and it always stuck with me. He said, when you are baptized in Jesus' name, if you repented from your sins, you remember more than what God remembers. You, you remember more. You remember your past. You remember the issues. You remember the mistakes. You remember the failures. And, and you can't escape them every day when you get out of bed, when you go to sleep, and so forth. And then you come to God, and then you bring it up. And you're like, God said, he's like, what are you talking? I don't even remember that. We remember more. God doesn't remember when we repent he remembers when we repent. He remember, it doesn't remember anything before. When we come out of that watery grave and baptism, everything just kind of just stays in that baptismal. <laughs> everything. I, you just you, you think, well, that's not possible. It, it's possible. It's possible. And I'm going to try to wrap this up so if the musicians will come or praise team. The Bible does say that, that he had two sons. Two sons. The older brother. Now, what's the significance of the second son? By the way, he, he, he's not the one who abandoned his father. He, he's not the one that, that took everything and already had it in his mind that he was going to go live this lifestyle and, and so forth. He, he, he was pretty secure. He was pretty set. He stayed with, within the father's house. You know, and he's coming out from the field or wherever he was at hanging out that day, and he sees these servants are excited, and they're, they're, they're getting stuff ready for a party type of thing. And he's like, what are you, what's going on? What are you guys doing? And the servants are like, your, your brother just came home, and we're, we're preparing to celebrate and have a party for your younger brother. Now, you would think that that's something to be excited about. But the Bible says that the older brother was angry. Wait a minute. You never throw a party for me. I've just been hanging out here and I serve you and I obey you and where's my party type of thing. And, you know, I, I think, you know, when we come to this conclusion, we think about this older brother. We get these distractions. And you find that there are people in our lives or in your life, and you're trying to do this thing with God, and you're trying to forget your past, and because God's forgotten it and so forth. But do you remember, brother, when you, when you did that? They just can't get on board. They can't get excited for you. And we're going to have that challenge in our workplace. Friends who were our friends, family members. Hey, you know what? 
great job. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you were baptized in Jesus. Well, you're different now. You used to be fun. We used to go out and we used to hang out and do these things. It's just, you have the older brothers in your lives. But the father, the father, you know, and it perhaps, perhaps maybe I or you, maybe we are become every now and then that older brother. Right? Maybe a son or a friend, a brother or a husband, or maybe we're just a little bitter sometimes. Maybe we're angry ourselves for one reason or another. And maybe it's not about us needing to go to the Father for forgiveness, but maybe it's us having to offer up a little forgiveness and show our love for one another. You know, and maybe I'm struggling to, to let something go, and, and I just might, and I just might be able to enable somebody by showing them some support. Because while I'm upset about not getting my party, you're upset because you can't let go of the past, and you're carrying this weight with you, and you're struggling, and you just need that extra help. See, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 22, and Peter says, to, comes to Jesus and asks, he said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who has sinned against me? Seven times? Jesus says, not seven times. Seventy times, seven times. You know, John 13, 34, it says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. And if you have, and if you have a love for one another. See, I want to encourage others today. You got these mistakes. We got these failures. We were reminded of it all the time. But also notice this on how the father handled the older son. He went to the son, what's wrong, son? You don't ever celebrate this for me and this and that. He was like, son, your brother's come home. He was lost and now he's found. He's alive again. And not to mention, all that I already have, son, was yours. It, 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 you don't have to be angry. You were refusing to come to the party, but everything's already yours. Because you were faithful, because you stayed. But your brother, he was lost. He is found. He was dead. And he's alive. You can stand with me. The younger brother, though, wasn't off the hook. He came, he repented after he struggled with his own thoughts and his own challenges. His mind finally took the action to, all right, I'm just going to go home and just see what happens kind of thing. You know, God, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry. And Dad didn't want to hear it. He was like, I'm good. I heard the first couple of words. You don't have to, you don't have to make it a long ordeal. I got you. You're good. We're going to go party now for you type of thing. But the son, the first step for him was to put aside his pride. As hard as it was to go to the Father, he just did it. Step one, he took action. But there's a second step I, th I thought about. 
that had to happen with the younger son. Because the younger son could have said to the father, when the father stiff-darned him and said, servants, get the best of everything. We're going to have a party and celebrate. The younger son could have said, no, I don't want that. I, I've done a horrible thing. I just want to, I just want to be home with you and, and I want to be one of the hired servants. I just want to, whatever I rehearsed in my head, I want, I want that to happen kind of thing. See, but the second thing is the son, the younger son, he actually had to accept. He had to accept the father's forgiveness. He had to accept the blessing. He had to accept the grace. He had to accept the mercy. He had to accept the celebration in order for that process to be complete. So many people today, again, they struggle with, they come to God and they, God, I'm sorry, and this, and this and that, and they go through the motions, and then it just becomes motion. It just, it's just like you're just going through it just to go through it, but you haven't really believed that God has forgiven you and that God has given you something that you can hold on to forever. It, it, and, the, and the best thing about all this stuff is like with, with God, he's never going to remind you of it. And it, it doesn't even, it's done. It's done. That's the compassion of a father. And that's what God asks of us of, towards one another. And for those of us who are dealing with certain things in our minds and so forth, just note that in Romans 8, 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'll wrap up with this one. Just a few weeks ago, every now and then, my son and I get with some of the younger men, and we went to, uh, got some pizza, uh, and, and we're talking about God and the Bible and stuff like that, and, and they're, they're newer to, 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 to church and so forth. And um, uh, they're like, you know, hey, uh, what's your testimony? And I, and I gave them my testimony and some of the things I forgot about. Uh, but but I, I, it was good to share that, you know, with them and so forth. And we're talking again about challenges they're going through. And, and then one of them said, you know, hey, I, uh, yeah, I went to the bookstore the other day and I bought all these books on all these different topics. And, and all these books on uh, theology and stuff, and, and I smiled and don't want to discourage it, but I, I said to him, I said, that's great. I said, but I want to encourage you, and I called his name, I said his name, I said, focus on Jesus. I, I said, focus on getting to all the other books and all the other things, and all, there's plenty of time for all that stuff. But if we don't get connected to who Jesus is and his love for us and the compassion of the Father and forgiveness and mercy and the fact that he's not going to remind us of our past, if we can't lock in on that and we go focus on all these other big meaty topics and things like that and I become a scholar in those areas, but, but did Jesus really forgive me? encourage them to, to focus on Jesus. And I, and I want to encourage us today when, when things are just a struggle, we're, we're, we've made a mistake years ago in our families or relationships or in our jobs or, or when we were alone by ourselves or something like that or if it was this morning. 
God doesn't care. It just doesn't care. He just, we have to take the first step. And this altar, I want to open this altar because it ties back to this first step. And you don't have to, I'm not going to say, hey, if, if you feel like you made a mistake, why don't you cut that? We, we all <laughs> made mistakes. I assure you on the way to church this morning, I probably made a mistake. I, I just likely did. I, I just always do, according to my kids. Uh, but I want you to come. Would you come? Because God is just ever present. He, he, he has a compassion for you that nothing that you do, nothing that we do can separate his, us from his love. We have to A, take the first step, and then B, we have to accept it. We have to accept the Father's compassion. Praise God. Praise God.